0: want to share a couple minutes you uh, may say to yourself well just what is a district superintendent and what does she do, do and where does she go so in case you don't know that um, the Cascadia district is a district that starts up in Astoria and Seaside uh, goes down to Tillamook and that area it swings through uh, Forest Grove and Hillsboro and then it kind of heads south to Newburgh and through Salem, and it heads east to uh, Wilsonville, and Woodburn, and Oregon City, and down to Salem, and then out to Silverton, and Staten, and then over the mountain to Bend, and John Day. (laughs) So it is this crescent moon shape through uh, the state of Oregon, and so I get the opportunity to uh, Uh, be in ministry and um, have oversight and be in ministry with about 44 churches I think in our district um, and the various clergy and laity that that work and serve with those churches. So that is a gift and so I have the opportunity to share um, and worship with you today and grateful for that. I also bring with you uh, greetings from our bishop, uh, Bishop Cedric Bridgeforth, and hopefully you've had some opportunity to maybe hear some of his uh, sermons on uh, video. They're on the conference websites now if you want to get a sense of who he is and what his vision is for our annual conference. Um, There's lots of sermons out there, and they're all really good, so I recommend you check into that. Um, As we prepare to go to worship this morning, been in worship and prepare to preach, um, I I don't think I can start my sermon until I address something. Um, Been deciding how to address it, when to address it, um, and I don't think I can let a prayer go by um, that says a prayer for a new pastor and that Hillsborough United Methodist Church will flourish. I I can't ignore that. (laughs) Um, And I'm not exactly sure what I wanna say about it because I did not know that was gonna be um, shared in a prayer concern or request. Um, There are ways to constructively have conversation about the gifts of our pastors and sometimes the shortfalls of our pastors and how a particular ministry is working Um, between a pastor and a congregation. And a prayer request like that in, in worship is not the constructive way to do that. It's painful and it's hurtful. And I find myself feeling hurt, not just on behalf of Jorge, but just plain hurt. That is not how we engage in Christian ministry together. So, I just, I just want to name that. Um, part of my role as your district superintendent is to, to come by and have periodic check ins and visits. And one of the things I, I do is I try to annually visit every uh, congregation, not always in worship, but um, and meet with the staff parish relations committee. And we'll be doing that after worship today. And I do that for every church, I don't just go get to some of them. Um, and we'll have a conversation reframed around uh, two primary questions. The first question is, um, what are the gifts you receive from each other? So Pastor Jorge will share what it is he appreciates about being in ministry here at Hillsborough and what he appreciates about the laity and the ministry of the lady here at Hillsborough. And then the folks gathered will speak about how they, what they appreciate of the ministry of Pastor Jorge. And then the second question I will ask is, what do you need from the other for ministry to go well here? So what does Pastor Jorge need from the congregation for ministry to go well here, for him to best do his job? And what do the laity need from Pastor Jorge to best live out their ministry and call as lay people. And so we'll have that kind of conversation of what you need from each other for ministry to go well. And then if there's other things that need to be um, named or addressed that don't get covered in those, there'll be space for that as well. that's questions I ask throughout the district when I when I go to different churches, and uh, now that Pastor Jorge's been here for a year, it's a good time to have that kind of a check-in. So we'll be having that time um, together. Oh, I'm just trying to decide how much to say. I could say so much more. <laughs> Do, it. <laughs> Do it. Do it. I might need a drink of water first. <laughs> um, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm totally off script here, but that's okay. Um, I think the other thing I want to share is ministry is not easy right now. I don't care if you're in a congregation that's doing something new and different, or if you're in a congregation that's doing the same old thing You were doing 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. There are very few congregations right now that would say ministry is easy. Okay? So my... Flippant, (laughs) off the top of my head, thought sometimes is... You can slowly dwindle and die doing the same thing, and we have congregations that are doing that. Or you can risk. You can engage in asking God, what is it we're being called to do? And if that reveals a new ministry that is uncomfortable and challenging, maybe with the possibility of the gift of new life, What do you have to lose? Um, I I mean, I had a similar conversation with another congregation, um, just the pastor and the leaders, uh, just this last week. And um, it's a congregation that became reconciling, I don't know, I'll say eight years ago, maybe seven years ago, but it was not a thoughtful process. It was a cursory process at, at best. And now that um, they have some of the congregation that are trying to live out, what does it mean to be reconciling and more inclusive of the LGBT community and then expanding that out to other communities, they have folks that are saying, well, wait a minute, this isn't what we signed up for. And so there's, there's tension. So that, that's what I have to say in a nutshell. Ministry's not easy. And my best advice for congregations is to be clear about your mission. And some just like to use the mission from the United Methodist Church, which is make disciples of Jesus Christ um, for the transformation of the world. And then with that mission, you decide what's our vision of what it looks like to have followers of Christ here that make a difference in the world, that transform the world. What does that look like for us here in Hillsboro? Loving everyone, building community, serving selflessly, and following Christ. Okay. So you have that that vision. And then you have your values that are attached to that. And be grounded in that as you live out your ministry. It's not going to fit... Everybody's needs or desires. It's not going to fit everybody's spiritual needs or desires. Sometimes the vision has to be more important than some individual needs or desires. And that's a hard one. That's a hard, that's a hard one. But it's but there's that balance. And so that's that's my encouragement to you is to be grounded in your your mission, your vision, your values, and what God's calling you to do to live that out. I think there might be some points in my sermon that might help enforce that or help us live that out or help you live that out. So the bishop would often say, that was not the sermon yet. (laughs) literally he said that several times so so we'll see how we kind of dovetail this um all together um but as i get ready to kind of move into the sermon time um i'll just give you the roots of this sermon a little bit it's it's, it's uh it's a, it might scare you a little bit because the sermon was originally a six-part sermon um six-week series see i told you it would scare you <laughs> you're not going to be here and listen to six sermons um, but it was, it was a six-part sermon, um, which meant there was like, you know, a whole bunch of scripture that went with it. But I have pulled together just these couple passages that I'm going to touch on before I get into the heart of the sermon. Um, you might have been curious about Proverbs. When do we ever hear Proverbs in worship except um, there's a time for everything, a season for every purpose under heaven? But there's just a couple gems in that passage about walking the path. And it talked about walking a path that reveals the light of dawn. It talked about walking the path that has light and healing, about a path that has springs of life. And that's my desire, is that we can find that pathway to walk together that gives that gift of new life, that gift of passion. And we know that we're walking that path not alone, but with Christ. And bringing in the um, Mark passage that I did, um, I did that to show how Jesus was on the move. When you read Mark, you get exhausted, because everywhere you turn, he's going from one place to the next, he's visiting town to town, he's hopping into boats, he's traveling there, he's going up mountains, he's traveling all over the place. (laughs) <laughs> that could be. It's a DS. Um, and that's what Jesus is asking us to do. To get on this pathway. To go visit, to make a difference, and to transform our world. So the best way we do that is to get ready to go hiking with Jesus. And as we think about going hiking with Jesus, one of the first things we all need when we go hiking is to get out our water bottles and to make sure they are filled. You can kind of move through a little bit here. We need to have water in the wilderness, and we need to have our water bottles filled. There's just something about this picture that I love, this juxtaposition of this water bottle that looks kind of large, and yet you know that canyon is so vast. Um, But it's so important for us to go with, with what we need, and we know when we go hiking at the minimum we need water, but we need to go and head out feeling sustained. A lot of times when, at least I head out to go hiking, I like to head out to destinations. And some of my favorite destinations are waterfalls. Um, And I always particularly like this one on the right because it just seems to be that perfect explanation of the Trinity. You've got the one river, and then you've got the three um, falls that come from it, and then back down to one river again. And if you just want to understand the Trinity without words... There it is. Um, but then, as I also look at other images of water that I love, it's this one of the waters bubbling out of these rocks. And I know there's a little stream there that kind of feeds that place, but it also just looks like the waters bubbling out of the rocks. And when I see this picture, it reminds me of my baptism. It reminds me of the people I baptize. It reminds me looking out at each one of you who have been baptized and how important it is for us to take those waters of baptism with us in our journeys of life and faith. Those waters of baptism stay with us, and they remind us of those words that Jesus heard when he was baptized that said, you are my beloved. With you I am well pleased. That's what we need to take with us when we accept this invitation to hike with Jesus. We need to go knowing that we are water-washed and spirit-born. That's what sustains us for this journey, that each one of us is water-washed and spirit-born. Say that. We are water-washed and spirit-born. And as people that are water-washed and spirit-born, we can then be ready to hit the trail. Now, sometimes when we go and we hit the trail, it's this lovely path on the on the left. There's, you know, nothing really to cause you stress on that pathway, just pretty nice and straight. You can kind of see the one on the right. It starts to get a little more interesting, not quite as... Uh, stable as a path and then the next picture shows you that it can get even more unstable i don't know about you but that's kind of my worst kind of hiking where there's you know kind of a cliff to the left and unstable rocks that you walk upon i don't like that at all Um, sometimes you can head out hiking and it can be july but if you're up in the mountains you may find that the trail Um, becomes covered with snow. And sometimes you can't even sure where the pathway is next. And it just looks like, where am I? But that's kind of that question. When we go and hit the trail with Jesus, we don't always know what pathway we're going to come across. Will it be rough? Will it be steep? Will there be unexpected things along the way? Will we see beautiful mountains? Will we see evidence of human destruction? I think about when each uh, disciple was called by Jesus and heard those words, follow me. When they decided to follow Jesus, to start hiking with Jesus, did they know that they would see moments of beauty and grace? Did they know they would see times when Jesus would heal people and feed people and care for people? But did they also know that they would see times of pain, times when people would um, ridicule Jesus and try to throw him out of town, when they would eventually beat Jesus and arrest him and crucify him? Did they know that that road was going to include that as well, the beauty and the pain, when they said yes to following Jesus. And so I find myself wondering, when we accept this invitation to hit the trail, are we ready for the moments of beauty and the moments of challenge? I think I would be remiss if at this point, in this invitation to hit the trail, I did not bring in um, our Bishop Cedric's uh, image of the mile he has us all wanting to begin a journey with. I kind of had to chuckle how my hiking with Jesus sermon fits right in with his image for each one of us to start walking a mile together. And in case you haven't heard what this mile is that uh, our Bishop is challenging us with, the M of the mile is to engage in ministry that matters, ministry that has impact on communities. He wants us to be able to look differently at itineracy and location, to be able to look at things that like pastors that are in bivocational ministry, that we look for ways to engage in cooperative ministry and pastoral teams of laity and clergy that the L of his mile is lay ministry enhancement, and that we recognize that everybody who's gathered is called to some form of ministry. And finally, the E in the mile is the elimination of racism, that we look at aligning our policies, that we engage in education, and that we also engage in ministries that make a difference. So we've just added a whole lot here to hiking with Jesus. It's not just about walking alongside Jesus. It's actually doing the work of hiking the mile and being engaged. Now, if that starts to feel daunting to you, which it can to any of us, we might want to say to ourselves, but how do we lighten the load in doing this work? How do we do it and not burn out? because when we start to hear that, it can feel like everything is on our own shoulders. There's a song by the Indigo Girls called The Weight of the World on Her, on Her Arms. And we can do that. We can start thinking that the weight of everything is for us to carry and to shoulder. And so this picture of my golden retriever, Kula, reminds me that we're not alone. That sometimes we can lighten the load and honestly cool is a little bit of a reluctant participant in putting on the backpack and carrying some of the snacks and a bottle of water but but there you get to see Kula looked a little bit happy with his backpack on um, but we need that reminder that we're not in this journey alone that we have each other to share the load with the responsibilities with we're not called to do it by ourselves I think about Jesus and how he has that time where he's talking to the disciples. And he says to them, Come to me, all you who are tired and weary and heavy laden, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I hear that reminder that even Jesus will walk beside us to help carry the load with us. We're not called to carry it alone. It's so important that we learn to lighten the load because that's the only way we're going to get to the place where we can actually see some views, that we're actually going to see some fruits of our ministry, that we're going to see some of those destinations we like to get to. Sometimes the views are rather expansive and Views of mountains and views of the Grand Canyon. Um, This next picture is one of my favorite views. And instead of hiking boots, I'm in my kayak um, at Timothy Lake. And I will be there Tuesday um, for 10 days. So you can call me from Tuesday till July 6th, but I won't get back to you. (laughs) Um, But we like to take in this view and this expanse. And reminders of their visions out there that are bigger than ourselves. But that I'm also reminded at the same time that sometimes we need to take in the view that's just right there at our feet. The views of that which is maybe a little smaller and right there in front of us. And be reminded of the smaller things in life, the small gifts of grace, the small acts of kindness that come our way, those small miracles. Because sometimes that's what keeps us going to get to the big grand view, or even just the opportunity to catch a bird um, in the wild. That's a a Japanese white eye um, that I saw in Hawaii once. Sometimes we want to get to the wide view and see it all. And sometimes we need to be reminded of the small miracles graces and kindness that are right in front of us but even all of that can make the journey hard and we can find ourselves asking that familiar question am i there yet (laughs) the bird says yeah i'm there i'm just hanging out here having fun but we all know sometimes we end up on a trail and we're just like Are we ever going to get there? And the road seems so hard and difficult in front of us. There was one time I was hiking, and we had already gone to the viewpoint, and we're on our way back down, and somebody asked the question that was uh, on their way up, is it worth it? And I've asked that question too when I've been on the way up, but this time I'd I'd already been there and back and and I just found myself saying, well, I I don't know. That depends. It depends on what your definition of worth it is. I don't know if that view is going to knock your socks off and you're going to have a religious experience up there that um, is new or not. But sometimes the question of is it worth it isn't always about that destination it's about the journey on the way so it's almost is it worth it is it worth it because you're here out in god's beauty and creation is it worth it because you're hiking with fellow companions and sharing in conversation and taking breaks for snacks and water is is that what makes it worth it the journey the step along the way what you see and experience before you get to the, quote, destination. So we always have this nagging question. Is it worth it? Is it worth the struggle to be in ministry now in 2023 in Oregon? Is it worth the struggle? And my heart says yes, because there are moments of grace. There are moments of beauty. There are moments where I see lives changed. I mean, hey, as a district, we collected 10,000 rolls of toilet paper for our local food banks. That made a lot of people happy. But I also see lives changed and touched in deeper ways. Is it worth it? And sometimes as we ponder that question, we need to simply do what I call listen to the wind, that we need to take some moments to pause and to ask ourselves one more time, what is it we're being called to when we find ourselves feeling impatient and we want results now, we want peace now, we want justice now? To pause. And to listen for God's voice, even as sometimes we find ourselves saying, How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord, will we spend more time in prayer for five lives of value that were lost this week? But forget to pray for the I think it's at least 70 hundred or so lives that were lost. Um in another accident this week in the waters, because some of them received more attention than those who were immigrants, and it's received less attention. How long, O Lord, do we have those inconsistencies? And when will we pray equally for all of these lives that are lost tragically? And so we get impatient And we wonder, well, what is God's voice saying to us now? And my word that I always keep hearing from God in these moments of pausing is that God's desire is the same as ours, to create peace, to reach out to the needs of people, to work for justice, to keep creating love, to create opportunities for new life. And so I invite you to take some moments when it feels like it's such a challenge to pause, to listen to the wind, to God's voice, to listen to the Spirit, saying what it is you're called to do now as a congregation. Who is in your community to reach out to now? Whose lives can you impact and touch with ministry that matters? How can you continue on this road of um, increasing your cultural awareness and in blending in communities and and embracing the gifts of each community? How can you walk this mile and know that you're not walking it alone? You're walking it with the waters of your baptism that say you're water-washed and spirit-born. You're walking it with each other, you're walking it with Jesus who says give to me your burdens because I'll walk it with you you're walking it with the with Christ with God our Creator and with the influence of the Holy Spirit so may you take a deep breath may you walk this journey this hike with Jesus and walk it together. Amen. As we continue in worship, I want to share with you a, a prayer that, that seems to just blend together um, the messages of the sermon. So let us sh- share together with one voice in our unison prayer. May I walk this day in the realm of grace, walking with you, my feet firmly in your earth path, my heart loving all as kindred, my words and deeds alive with justice. May I walk as blessing, meeting blessing at every turn, in every challenge, blessing, in all opposition, blessing, in harm's way, blessing. May I walk each step in the moment of grace, alert to hear you, and awake enough to simply, simple yes. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Hillsborough United Methodist Church. Our senior pastor is Jorge Rodriguez. Presently, our live stream of services are available at 10 a.m. on the Hillsboro United Methodist Church YouTube page. You can find out more, like us on Facebook, or subscribe to our YouTube at HillsboroUMC.org. Thank you.